Life Church, this past year, we've had the incredible opportunity to go on six life-changing missions trips. In New Orleans, we were able to be a light in a very dark time, Mardi Gras. By having block parties, handing out water, and spending time getting to know people, we were able to show people the love of Jesus. In Cuba, our men's group helped construct what will be the first church approved to have air conditioning in Cuba. In a communist country, thousands of people will now gather in this new auditorium and will hear about the love of Jesus Christ. While in Moldova, we worked with Convoy of Hope Europe to show that God cares about physical needs as well as spiritual needs. We constructed a playground at the local school, gave food to the needy, and saw many lives touched. In Spain, some of our ladies were able to help fight against human trafficking. Because of the sensitivity of the trip, no footage could be taken. But through Project Rescue, they were able to go in and show the love of God to girls that have experienced abuse and show them that God has a plan for their life. Our students take two trips every summer, and in Minneapolis, we were able to help out a local inner city ministry with an annual outreach of theirs. Over 100 people gave their hearts to Jesus during this event, and we were able to see destinies changed. In Haiti, we worked with Convoy of Hope in Port-au-Prince, the capital city. We served by planting mango trees at homes of individuals that would never be able to afford it. And we prayed that just as a tree grows, that the love of Jesus would grow as well. We also worked at the local orphanage to show the love of a heavenly father to those that didn't even have an earthly father. For those of you that went on a 2014 trip, thank you so much. The difference that you have made has made an eternal impact. I'm excited for those of you thinking about coming on a trip in 2015. It is a life-changing decision that will benefit more than just yourself. Thanks Life Church for going around the corner and around the world. Welcome to Life Church. So great to see everybody here this morning. That guy's got a weird accent, huh? Right? It's always, it's always strange following up yourself on a video. It's always weird. I know I have a different look going on this morning. Got my glasses on, okay? Um, you guys can feel sorry for me a little bit, but I found out I barely have 20-20 vision. Um, so my, my wife can barely see, so she gets upset every time I say something like that. She's like, stop it. But that's how I landed her because she can barely see. Amen? Single fellas in the place find a girl that can't see. Come on, somebody. All my single guys said amen. Okay, you want to stay single. All right. All right. Amen means let it be so. Okay. I just want to take a second, welcome our campuses. I want to welcome our West Campus and our Appleton Campus. Can we give a huge hand for our campuses and our online campus? almost forgot about you guys. We're one church with uh, many different locations, and God is doing some incredible things. So I'm excited about this series. You know, I know that I'm a bit biased being the missions and outreach director, but this is my favorite series of the year because we get to talk about what missions is all about here at Life Church and why we do what we do. And so, uh, again, I'm very, very enthused about this series and uh, looking forward to what God is going to continue to do through this series. If you missed last week, I want to encourage you to check it out online. We had Pastor Deshaun, who was over all of the Assemblies of God in Sri Lanka, and uh, he came and shared an incredible word with us last week. How many of you guys thought the first part of that was just hilarious? <laughs> And those of you who weren't here, you need to check it out. It's really fun. We're not going to give it away, okay, because it's just funny. All right, you got to check it out. So get on your app, do whatever you have to do, check that service out. And, uh, but, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what God's doing through this series and what God's spurring on in your hearts for missions. 
throughout this series. But something really exciting today that we get to do and something that I get uh, just pumped about every single year is the release of our 2015 missions trips. So everybody on your seats, I want you to grab your cards. How many of you guys went on a missions trip with us last year? Raise your hand. All right, we have a decent amount in here that went on a missions trip with us last year. This stuff is very, very exciting to talk about, to, to release our new missions trips. You get so enthused about it. And you know, I, I think I feel a little bit of how Steve Jobs must have felt, God rest his soul, but how he must have felt releasing the Apple products for the first time. And how many Apple lovers do we have in here? Anybody? West Campus, Apple lover? Okay, okay. They get super excited. So I'm expecting you guys to get super excited over this, all right? Like crazy excited, okay? All right? Nope. All right. We're going to move on. Grab your cars. Let's go over the trips really quick. I just want to, we want to go over the different trips that are coming up for this year and the different opportunities that you have to go on some of these trips as well. Student Life takes two trips every year, domestic and international trip as well. And we didn't tell them the trips Wednesday. We made them wait until this weekend. And uh, I know we have some students here at Germantown campus at Appleton and West as well. Uh, but we're going to be going to Minneapolis, and then we're also going to be going to El Salvador as well to spread the gospel. Women's trips, they're going to be taking three different trips. They're going to Spain, Dominican Republic, and Los Angeles. Uh, our adult trips, which are any, it's basically anybody over the age of 18, male or female, can go on our adult trips. We're going to be going to Europe. Last year, we, well, this past year, we went to Moldova. Uh, this year, we'll go to somewhere else in Eastern Europe. But going to Europe, India, and then El Salvador. Many of you for El Salvador, you sponsored a child through Feed One, which was a few months ago. We're going to go to the school and actually meet those kids that you're sponsoring. So that's going to be a really, really uh, amazing trip as well. And then Life Leadership College is going to be going to uh, Spain for a trip. And then our guys, they're going to be going back to Cuba to do construction on a church they worked on again. So again, I'm really uh, enthused about our trips that we're going to be taking in 2015. And what I want you to do is just hold on to this card until the end. And Pastor Aaron's going to come up and give you an opportunity to check off the ones that you're interested in on the communication card. And then we'll jump right in. So let's jump in the text this morning. If you have your Bibles or if you have your phones with the Bible on it, turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, we're going to start with verse 5. And if you don't have your Bibles this morning, it's going to be on the screens for you to be able to follow along with us as well. John chapter 6, verse 5. Last weekend, uh, Pastor Deshaun actually preached about this passage, which is about the fish and loaves, the little boy that brought the fish and loaves. And as a speaker, I knew what I was going to talk about this weekend, and I was getting really nervous that he was going to preach what I was going to preach. And I'm like, oh my goodness, God help me. I don't know what I'm going to say if he says what I'm going to say. I was getting really nervous, okay? But he did it. He brought out some uh, just incredible, amazing truths about this passage. And so I'm going to look at it in a little bit of a different way this morning, okay? So don't get too bored that we're going to be preaching the same message that Pastor Deshaun is because we're not. So John chapter 6, starting with verse 5, let's read together. It says, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. 
He did the same with the fish. When they, had, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Today I want to talk to you about the simple truth that when we step out, God steps in. When we step out, God steps in. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you so much. God, we're glad that we can be in your house today. God, that we can have the freedom to be here. God, as there's people in other countries that, that have to go through a struggle or fight or, or God, they, they risk their lives being at church. God, we can be here freely this morning, so thank you for that. God, I pray that this would be your words this morning and not mine. And God, that you would speak to people's hearts this morning. God, that's what we ask for. Most importantly, speak to people's hearts. And just as Pastor Deshaun mentioned last weekend, God, for the individuals or maybe the couples or families in this room that, that feel like you're calling them into full-time missions work, I pray that you would just confirm things in their heart this morning. God, thank you for what you're doing. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I just want to go through a quick overview of uh, what just happened here. And in the eyes of John, basically here's what happened. Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee and he rested on a mountainside and it said that 5,000 men were following him and they sat there with him. So 5,000 men is what the Bible records, but historians would tell us that women and children were there as well. So it could have been in the tens of thousands. Okay, it could have been many people. We don't know exactly how many, but we know that it was more than just the 5,000 men that were following Jesus, and they rested on this mountainside. And it was coming towards the end of the day, and Jesus looked over at Philip, and he said, how are we going to buy enough bread for all of these people to eat? Okay, and Jesus, I love Jesus. If you read the Gospels, Jesus is like a jokester sometimes, okay? He asked Philip this, just testing him. Okay, Jesus knew the answer, all right? And Philip was like, well, um... To be honest with you, Jesus, eight months' wages wouldn't be enough to feed all of these people. Okay? Philip gave the logical answer in that scenario. Just a, just a simple point really quick. Many times Jesus isn't pleased with our logical answers. He wants us to think in the things that may not be able to happen. He wants, to think, he wants for us to think in the impossible sometimes. It says in the Bible that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So Jesus wasn't looking for a logical answer from Philip here, but that's what Philip was thinking. He was thinking of something that he could make happen. God thinks of things that he could make happen, not things that we can make happen. Okay, so, so Philip gives this answer, and then Andrew steps up, and he's like, you know what, I have this boy here that has, that has two fish and five loaves. What can we do with this? And then the miracle took place. But I want to look at it for a second. We, we read this scripture in John's eyes, and I want to look at it for a second through the little boy's eyes that had the two fish and the five loaves. Now, can you imagine being a little boy in this time, and it, it, it says there's 5,000 men, and they're all there to hear Jesus. They're all there to hear the voice of Jesus. Okay, if, if you can imagine 5,000 people being in this room, or at the West Campus or Appleton Campus, 5,000 people, you're going to want to be close to Jesus. So I can see the little boy kind of pushing through the crowd to try to get to Jesus to hear the words that were coming out of his mouth, and he's pushing through. And here's what I think. I think the little boy got close enough to hear the conversation that was going on between Jesus and Philip. When Jesus said, you know what, we, we have to buy food for these people. These people are famished. They don't have any food. And I think the little boy in that moment, he saw the food that he had. He saw the two fish and the five loaves, and he had a decision to make there. Was he going to step out 
with what he had and give it to God and, and let God do the miracle or was he going to keep it? You know, many times I think about being in that place, it would have been really easy to kind of slip into a corner with what you have and said, okay, these hungry people are going <laughs> to try to get my food. I'm going to keep this for myself. But the little boy was able to step out with what he had and let God step in with what he had. And the miracle took place that day because of what the little boy did. And I believe it took the little boy actually going and stepping up. I think he went up to Andrew and pulled on his shirt and said, Andrew, here's, here's what I have. Maybe you guys can use it for something. And Andrew goes up to Jesus, and this is how I read it. He goes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, this little boy has fish and loaves, but I don't know how far it's going to go. That's what it says. He says, I, I don't know how far it's going to go. But then Jesus takes it, and the miracle obviously takes place after that. You know, if you're taking notes this morning, the first point is that miracles happen when we step out. Miracles happen when we step out. You know what's great about this story is if we look back, historians would tell us that uh, basically the fish in this area, where they, would, uh, where they would be right here, the fish in this area would have been very small. And they, they said that they went through a process of salting the fish, which would be very much like a sardine. So, and it describes, the, the Gospel of John is actually the only gospel that describes it as being a small fish and small loaves of bread. Which, by the way, this story is mentioned in all four gospels. The only miracle that has taken place in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is a pretty cool side note. Okay, so he gets to the point to where the, the fish that they would have used would have been very small, sort of like a sardine, okay? And I know that uh, the bread as well, if you read about that, the Eastern bread would have been very thin and very small as well. So it's really like he had two sardines and five very small pieces of bread, if you grew up in church, you probably saw pictures of the little boy holding two large fish and, and five loaves of bread. But looking back, historians would tell us that it would have been just enough for the boy to eat. Now that changes things a little bit. Because it would have been really easy for the boy to share if he would have had food in excess. But he did it. He had just enough for himself that day. And again, it would have been easy for him to step back and say, you know what, this is just enough for me. I'm going to hold back. I'm going to let somebody else step out. I'm going to let somebody else do it because I have just enough for me. Man, how many times do we do that? How many times do we say in our lives, if, in, the, in the context of going on a missions trip, we could use this scripture for anything, but in the context of going on a missions trip, how many times do we kind of step back and just say, you know what, God, I... I know you want me to go. I know that Matthew 28 says to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, but I have just enough for me. <laughs> Man, I, I have my two fish and five loaves. I have, I've only budgeted just enough for us to make a family vacation work this year, God. I have just enough for me. God, you know the time that I have. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to take a week off. I just started this job. They don't give me much vacation in the first place. I don't have time for this. And we begin to describe what's on our plate to God. We begin to give a logical answer for what we have to God when God is just saying, man, just step out. Step out with what you have and watch what happens. Think about this. The enemy is afraid of the little that we have. The enemy is afraid of our lack. 
That's pretty cool to think about. The enemy is afraid of the little bit that we have. Think about how afraid the enemy was during this time when the little boy stepped out with what he had because the enemy, the Satan, he is not dumb, he's smart. He knew that this story would be told thousands of years later, that this story would touch many, many lives. And he knew that if this little boy stepped out with the little that he had, it would change people's destinies. He was afraid of that boy's little. He's afraid of your lack this morning. He's afraid of you stepping out with what you have and stepping out in faith and saying, God, I know I don't have the time to take a mission trip. I know I don't have the money to take a mission trip. I know these things are, are I know that I, I don't have the confidence to be able to minister to people. God, do you know my life? Do you know my past? And God is saying, step out. Step out with the little that you have. And I'm telling you, miracles will take place. Second point this morning, when we step out, we invite God to step in. When we step out, we invite God to step in. All right, now this is something very simple in the story, okay? And I want for you to think about this with me. That the boy, what he had, was just enough for him. If he would have eaten what he had, if, if he would have taken it and kind of stepped back and hid somewhere and just eaten what he had and let everybody else be hungry, then he would have had what he had. It's a deep truth, right? He would have eaten what he had. Okay, take that, take notes on that. <laughs> but I want you to think about this for a second. Our God is a God that does exceedingly abundantly more than we could think or imagine. And in the story, it says that when they fed all of the people that were there, that they had as much as they wanted. They had as much as they wanted. And you would have to be crazy to think that afterwards with those 12 basket loads full, I want you to imagine, even on stage, 12 basket loads full of these fish and loaves that were left over. You'd have to be crazy not to imagine them picking one up and giving it to the boy to go home to his family with. And saying, son, because you stepped out, you have way more than you could, could have ever had with that plate that you had. With that simple amount of food that you had. Because he stepped out, he let God step in. And God did exceedingly, abundantly more than that boy ever thought he was going to have that day. He blessed him way more than he ever thought that he would have. When you go on a missions trip, when you sacrifice and go, when you, when you give it to God and step out and let God step in, God will use you in a mighty way. He will use the little bit that you think that you have. He will use your insecurities and he will be strong in your weaknesses and you will see miracles take place. You know, I'll never forget being in Moldova with a missions team that we had this past year. And we walked into a house of this family that they literally had nothing. To heat the house, you could smell the firewood burning. There was no exhaust to be able to get it out. And it just it smelled like smoke in the house. And we went in, and all we had was just a bag of groceries. And we gave it to the lady in the house, and immediately she began to cry. Immediately she broke down. From a simple bag of groceries, she broke down there and she said, you know what, I've, I've never really had faith in God. I've never really had a relationship with God. She said, I have a, a Catholic background, but there uh, in Europe, especially Moldova, it's very traditional and, and it's not a, all about a relationship with God. And there we were able to introduce what a relationship with God actually means to this lady. And a miracle happened that day. A miracle of salvation took place in that lady 
Lee's life. And we went with a simple bag of groceries. We didn't go with this huge message that we were going to preach to this lady. We just went as ourselves. We went with what we had on our plate. And this lady met Jesus that day. And that was from the people that were on the team that went and said, God, I'm going to step out and let you step in and do a miracle in my life. It's because of their sacrifice. The final point today is the sacrifice is always worth the reward. The sacrifice is always worth the reward. Because the boys stepped out, there was a there was basically an exchange that took place from the boy to Jesus. It went from his hands into Jesus' hands. And there's two powerful words in the scripture that I want for you to remember. And it's something that we, we read over and we look over so often, but it's the words Jesus took. Jesus took. There was an exchange that took place from the boy's hands into Jesus's hands. It was a sacrifice for the boy because it was a lot to him. It was all that he had to eat for the day. And I know it seemed like very little, but it was still a sacrifice and he gave it to Jesus. And when we give our sac- when we sacrifice and give to Jesus the little amount of time that we have, the little amount of finances that we have, a miracle can take place and s- the sacrifice is always worth the reward. Man, I could tell you, I could sit up here all day and tell you countless stories of people that have gone on missions trips and seen such an incredible reward because of their sacrifice that they made to make that trip happen. Man, God moves through you when there's that exchange of saying, God, it's not about me. It's about a world that's lost and dying. It's about people. It's about over 2 billion people that have never heard the name of Jesus. And we have an opportunity to go and tell them and introduce them about this Jesus that we hear about every single weekend. It's such an incredible exchange that can take place from our hands into Jesus' hands as we go. You know, I'm passionate about this and I love this because I'm a product of a mission trip. I'm a product of a life changing on a missions trip. I'll never forget the first trip that I took. And I know that many of you have heard this story before, but I went to Ireland when I was 17 years old. And God began to speak to my heart for the first time. I began to feel God's heartbeat for the world for the first time. I began to see God's eyes for the broken and the hurting for the first time. God opened my eyes. It's almost like in the Bible when the scales fell off of Saul's eyes and he showed him this huge revelation of who he was. That's what happened to me on that missions trip to Ireland. And I'm telling you that it will change your life. You're not only making a difference in telling people about Jesus that have never heard and telling people that need him, but it will change your life as well. I've been so blessed enough to be on a missions trip for the next 11 years. Every single year after that, I've been on a missions trip because I know how impacting it is. And every single trip that I go on changes me in a new way. It does something different inside of me. I hear God's voice so clear because God tells us to go. He tells all of us to go. That day, he wasn't just talking to his disciples when he said, go into all the world. He was talking to any Christ follower, any disciple of Jesus So what I want to do today is I want to show you a video of a guy named Jason Cook. 
And he's been on a missions trip every year since he's been here. And I just want for you to see the miracles that have taken place because he stepped out and let God step in. Check out this video. Okay, so Jay, you've been on uh, a decent amount of trips with Life Church. How many trips have you been on with Life Church? Four, every year since I've been at Life Church. What's maybe an impacting story for you on one of the trips that you've been on with Life Church? I remember there was a man in Liverpool uh, that was obviously homeless and just ignored and, and whatnot. And I was driven by compassion to go talk to him. And in conversation, I knew that he was hungry, so I provided a meal for him. And it had been raining and it was cold, so I gave him a jacket that was in my bag. And just in conversation, uh, he actually grabbed my arm and asked me to pray for him. And that was extremely powerful for me. Because um, I think about, you know, why me? But the reality is, is why not? Wow, Jason, that's incredible. You know, just to hear the miracles that have happened on these trips. Let's talk a little bit about the miracles that have happened before the trip, financially. People say their biggest obstacle to getting on a missions trip is time and finances. And you have a family of 10. You have eight kids, so time is never there. And also financially, it's been tough for you to make this happen. But I remember you telling a story to me specifically about $713. Can you talk about that for a bit? Loss was an expensive trip. And we ended up having money coming in from different places. And we were able to contribute some money at that point and whatnot. But we got to a point where there were $713 left to pay off this trip. And the reality is I have eight miles to feed. And we have bills like everybody else and, and all these other struggles and challenges that everybody has. And it didn't seem seemingly possible to make $713 happen. And on my desk at work, there was an envelope. And unbeknownst to me, a customer had been praying in their life. They don't go to Life Church. They've never been on a mission trip that I know of any of those things, but through a conversation we had um, just about life, they had on their heart to give $713. They had no way of knowing that that was what was left for the trip, and that's exactly what was in the envelope was $713. And you know, I've seen this happen time and time again, it's where when people step out to take a missions trip and go on a missions trip, God provides for them financially. And you know, just to encourage everyone out there, uh, you'll probably never have enough time, and finances will always be an issue. But again, I've seen miracles happen time and time again. So I know that if miracles happen through all of these other people, a miracle can happen through you as well.